Welcome to Eternity Now. I'm Senior Pastor and Evangelist Kyle Huckins. We're a U.S.-based church and evangelism movement reaching every color and culture for Christ. Our podcasts, videos, doctrine, history, and much more are on our website, eternitynow.com. E-T-E-R-N-I-T-Y-N-O-W dot C-O-M. This broadcast is made possible by your tax-deductible giving. Go to our website and click Support Us to see how you can help bring the good news of eternal life to one million people this year. Thanks for listening. Now for one of my recent messages. Ray was a middle-aged man with long hair and lengthy fingernails like a woman's. He lived as a female for several years. A lot happened before then. His father tried to commit suicide when Ray was a boy, so he and his brothers went one path in the foster system, his sisters another. Though Ray was tall and eventually to reach six foot three, he was always a feminine. This led to sexual abuse by other boys at some of his 19 foster homes. And when he left the foster system at 18, he was homeless. His mother later came back into his life and was domineering, just as his two wives also were. Both marriages ended in divorce. He had problems in school, mental health, making friends. His tough road contributed to his wanting an identity neither fully male nor female. However, now, facing life's end, he was horribly fearful of what would happen to him when he died. He hoped in Jesus, and his room was filled with pictures of Christ that he colored by hand. But he didn't know how to be saved. Now we turn to Ella, elderly, proper, very well over 50 years. She was traditional in dress and outward. She loved talking about America the way it was, her prime. Some mainstream media folks might call her a white nationalist. She had only one husband, a neatly kept home, and enjoyed nothing more than talking of her daughter, granddaughters, and great-granddaughter. Ella had some Christian background, but hadn't practiced in several years. That left her wondering about her destination in the next life. Just how good did she need to be to go to heaven? So she didn't have peace. Two people different as could be, but united by a single need, salvation in Christ. Theirs are the stories behind the headlines, labels, and divisions in our nation and world. My message today is, to God, you're an individual, not an interest group. From Galatians 3, verses 26 to 29, and 1 Corinthians 1, 4 to 21. Father God, thank you so much for this time today. Help me to be able to expound on the scripture. Send your spirit to flow through me and to touch hearts and lives. Convict for salvation, sanctification, and the filling of the Holy Spirit for the purpose of ministry. We thank you so much for this time together. In Christ's name, amen. Our society is caught up in identity wars, gender, race, politics. A day doesn't go by without me hearing some commentator talk about how black Americans are all like this and white evangelicals are all like that. January 6th, Dylan Mulvaney, ad infinitum, and ad nauseum. <laughs> However, our Lord, through the great apostle Paul, had a much different take on identity. We go first to Galatians 3 and verses 26 to 27. He says here, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Paul, that great Orthodox Jew, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, founder of the first churches in Europe and Asia, said here there is one overarching characteristic in our lives, whether we know Jesus Christ. Oh, he knew about the sexes. He knew about government. He knew about the various schools of faith. But none of those mattered to him in the end. 
Galatians 3, verses 28 and 29. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Paul started here with Hebrews and pagans because the Jews, as the chosen people of God, thought that because of their racial history, they were destined for heaven and they alone. Truth is, they were the first to get God's light, but they shut their eyes willfully to its fullness in Jesus Christ. Paul goes on here to the slave and free. The most important political distinction then, as the free could vote and had many guaranteed rights, but slaves didn't. On male and female, the Jews had long respected women. Just taking a look at the Old Testament, you can see that. But Greek culture often demeaned them. And the Hebrews now did as well. Race, politics, gender. And Paul said, forget them all. Instead, remember Jesus as Lord. And when you follow him, you become his. Your inheritance is forever with God through Christ. For moth and rust do not corrupt, nor do thieves break in and steal. As Jesus said in Matthew 6.20. Let's take a look for some things that we can do today, as well as avoid today, in 1 Corinthians 1. First, verses 4 to 9. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you are enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God has given us the power to reach every people group, the 7,000 of them all across this globe. How? Well, the Holy Spirit changes us, motivates us, enlivens us, and glorifies the Lord through us. This is the spiritual dynamite in New Testament Greek, dunamis, that made the universe, created every living thing, brought God's only begotten Son into the world, and knit together each soul before placing it in a human body. When we give the gospel to the rays and ellas of this life, it isn't just us doing it. It's the Spirit of God Almighty flowing in and through us. To help bring them eternal life. We go to verses 10 to 13. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am a Paul. Or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? The church reaches the unsaved best when it's united, focused on forever with Jesus, each person's spiritual gift coming together. Realize, however, we have a quite real enemy, and it is not the unsaved. It is Satan himself, whose very name in Hebrew, Hasatan, means the adversary. His given name was much more beautiful, Lucifer, son of the morning. He still often comes to us as an angel of light, Scripture says. He tells us, be a Democrat first, be a Republican first, 
Dedicate yourself to social justice. This world is all there is, you know. And don't listen to that pastor. Don't work with the committees. Don't volunteer at church. Don't cooperate with other believers. You know better than they do. In fact, you're better than they are. When people listen to that logic and follow it, the church loses its unity, clouds its focus, and fails to reach people for Christ. All too many assemblies, even with good doctrine, are falling into those traps. 1 Corinthians 1, 14-17. Paul writes, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, lest anyone should say that I had baptized in my own name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephens. Besides, I do not know whether I baptized any other. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Paul wrote 30% of the New Testament, more than any other person. He was the greatest church planter the world has ever seen. Jesus himself appeared to him and taught him in the desert for three years. Yet this apostle said, my name doesn't need to be on anything or anyone. And whatever good I do is not by my power, but almighty God's. That should be our attitude in a day when pastors have websites in their own name rather than God's. And too many church members seem bent on showing that they know more than their shepherd. (laughs) We now finish our text today with 1 Corinthians 1, 18-21. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached, save those who believe. The world's wise today think they can create tangible physical reality just by thinking. They call it mental projection. They regard thoughts and speech disagreeing with theirs as inherently dangerous, that it should be banned. To avoid conceding God is responsible for the teeming life on Earth, 9 million species. They say space aliens brought life here. Begging the question, who made the space aliens? The character of our age is alternatively fear and arrogance, with people appeasing those who will destroy them, alienating the ones who would save them. Above all, Jesus Christ our Lord. In our country today, only five in eight people claim to be Christian, and just one in eight actually practices the Christian faith. You don't have to be very good at math to see that the vast majority of people who claim Christ don't have it. Yet, even now, God's empowering his own, and his light continues to break through the ever-increasing darkness. Earlier, I told you about Rayanella, contrasting it so much like night and day, but both leading salvation through Christ. Ray, the transgender, prayed to receive Jesus with me and immediately asked me to baptize him. That hardly ever happens, no matter what your sexuality. I gladly did. Ella, our traditionally-minded lady nationalist, also accepted Christ with me. Friend, you can lead people to Jesus Christ. You can see eternal destinies changed. You can be a living stone fitted together with others to make a dynamic spiritual house in eternity now until our Lord returns. Just forsake division, dedicate yourself to being one with God and the others in this church, 
and it shall come to pass, guaranteed. Contact us to request our free evangelism materials, including witnessing cards, tracts, Gospels of Mark, and so much more. P.O. Box 1422, Scottsbluff, Nebraska, S-C-O-T-T-S-B-L-U-F-F-N-E-U-S-A 69363, 806-463-8793, as Jesus said long ago, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I guarantee you, he will answer yes. And eternity now will all the more become an eternal testimony to God's love, power, and grace. <laughs> we have five takeaways from our message today. Number one, interest groups in gender, race, and politics are not new. They divided people in Paul's day as well. Interest groups and gender, race, and politics are not new. They divided people in Paul's day as well. We Christians must avoid letting the current debates on these issues distract us from our great duty to spread the gospel and continually deepen our relationship with Jesus. We must look beyond the rhetoric to the very real lives of those who need Jesus. To witness to the transgender doesn't mean we're pro-LGBT, any more than leading the white nationalist to Christ makes us political. Number two, no matter the labels put on people by themselves or others, all of us are individuals to God and have a unique relationship with them. No matter the labels put on people by themselves or others, all of us are individuals to God and have a unique relationship with them. We are not interest groups, ethnicities, genders, or the like to the Almighty, but a one-of-a-kind creation in his image. The problems and difficulties of our day come about by people thinking something or someone besides God can fix their lives and circumstances, thereby making that God. Number three, a church is at its best when all its members unite by focusing on Christ and making his salvation, love, and power known to others. A church is at its best when all its members unite by focusing on Christ and making his salvation, love, and power known to others. Every church should have the same top priorities, according to the Bible, evangelism, and discipleship. Every member of the church has an important role to God's spiritual gifts. It is not the same role or another's role. We must exercise our unique gifts and offices and let those with other gifts and offices do as the Lord leads them, without our interfering. My friend, it is not about us. It is about him. <laughs> Let's never forget that. Number four, the world often considers Christianity to be foolish. But we see today just how foolish the world's ways can be. The world often considers Christianity to be foolish. But we see today just how foolish the world's ways can be. We cannot create reality just by thinking. We need to research, plan, consult, come together, and do Romans 1, 21 to 23. Although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds and four-footed animals, creepy things. Never truer than in our day. 
you know that recently a radical animal rights group released hundreds of rats from a laboratory thinking their lives were more important than the human lives that would be saved by using them to research diseases causing people to die. And number five, as we approach the final hours of this age of unfettered grace and mercy, many are falling away from our faith. But God will still empower us by his Holy Spirit to see people want to Christ and their lives changed. As we approach the final hours of this age of unfettered grace and mercy, many are falling away from our faith. But God will still empower us by his Holy Spirit to see people want to Christ and their lives changed. We must not allow fear or favor to stop us from fulfilling the great commission given us by Jesus himself of bringing the gospel to every creature. He said, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them by the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. We have that same Holy Ghost whom Christ told us of in Acts 1.8. You shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And we might say, my hometown, state, country, and globe. Now that's a way to broadcast yourself in Jesus. <laughs> Ray and Della searched for God. They found him and committed to Jesus Christ. They discovered they couldn't earn the Lord's favor. They needed to appeal to his grace and some would consider them beyond saving as transgendered and the so-called white nationalists, but they weren't. Every last person on this earth can receive Christ, if only they will. For it is appointed unto man once to die from the judgment between heaven and hell, per Hebrews 9.27. After they were saved, God did what they couldn't do. Ray began to identify more as male without anyone suggesting it. Ellis' confidence in Christ increased. And both gave the peace that surpasses understanding. Let me ask you today, do you have that kind of peace? Or are you still fighting God? Just because you're in church doesn't mean that you're on the Lord's team. If the devil can't capture you, he'll attempt to hinder you so you fail to come to Jesus. He'll also try to pitch you against believers, accuse you to no end, and inflame your emotions. However, whether you've been on the side of evil or simply felt for eternal life and not grasped it, you can be saved this very hour. There are just four essentials to salvation. We repent, we turn from sin, and we ask God's forgiveness for what we've done wrong. Every last one of us, yours truly included, pastor of 20 years, has sinned. But God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. and cleanse us from all unrighteousness when we're in Jesus Christ. We confess faith in our Lord Jesus, that he was the only way of salvation, having been the perfect sacrifice, to bring to end all the law that we had to keep before, and so that we could just trust him and have his Holy Spirit come within us to save us. Next, we believe that Jesus Christ rose bodily as well as in spirit. Our body and our spirit have to be resurrected for us to be able to join Christ in heaven. His work and ours will be too as we follow him. And finally, we do follow Jesus as Lord and Savior, uh, albeit imperfectly, Ah, but he is going to forgive us when we turn from that sin and we ask him for his help. I'm going to pray now a petition of salvation to the Lord. If you believe what I'm saying, repeat after me, and this will be your prayer to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And you just keep 
going in Christ, like I'm going to tell you in a few minutes, with those steps of discipleship, and you will stride right into heaven one day. Let's go to God in prayer. Father God, I repent of my sins. Please forgive me. I confess faith in Jesus Christ, the only way to be saved. I believe he rose again in body and spirit the third day in the tomb. And I will follow him as Lord and Savior. Repenting should I fall. Come into my heart, Lord God and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen means so be it in Hebrew. And my friend, it is. Once we're saved, what do we do? Well, we need to be baptized, just like Ray was. We need to go beneath those waves, and we come up as a testimony that God has changed our lives. It's an outward sign of an inward change. But Jesus himself, the one man who didn't have to be baptized was, because he says, you must profess me before the men. You must profess me before men for me to profess you before the Father. You also need to read the Bible. The Word of God has over 7,500 promises to you and me. About one for every hour in a year. Yes, every hour in a year. We need to start possessing them by knowing them. And how do we possess them? Well, we pray. If we're by ourselves, we pray alone. But if we're with somebody else, whether it's by text or by phone or in person, then we need to join hands and hearts with them. For Jesus Christ himself said, Matthew 18, 19, and 20, that there I am in the midst of them, where two or more are gathered in my name. You need to come to church. You got a good start on that, online or in person. We need to gather with the people of God. We need good teaching. We need good preaching. We need a place to be able to be prayed for. But we also need to fellowship with other believers. We can have that through the electronic means as well as in person. But we need to get to know each other. Tune in here. Contact me. Email, text, whatever you need to do. Get in touch friends, so that we can join together and we can help each other and also do the Lord's will. And finally, we need to pursue personal relationship with Almighty God. He put together your soul in the womb. He made that process whereby Adam and Eve led to you being physical today. He knows every little cell in your body, every thought you've ever had, everything you've done or failed to do. He loves you anyway, because he made you in his image. He purposed you individually, uniquely, from before the beginning of time. I'm not just trying to utter you up. That's actual truth from the Word of God, my friends. You can know Him intimately. We at Eternity Now appreciate your listening to this broadcast. For more, including links to all our programs and social media, go to eternitynow.com, E-T-E-R-N-I-T-Y-N-O-W dot C-O-M. We have over 100 videos on YouTube, and you can watch our services live there as well as Facebook, Twitter, and more. On our website, you also can email me, Pastor Kyle Huckins, and I'll respond personally. I welcome your prayer requests, questions, and comments. Again, that's EternityNow.com. May God bless you and keep you, cause His face to shine upon you, and give you peace. I'm gonna shout, hallelujah, shout.